seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 26 of the Eye in the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and tonight, St. John's went into the Finneran Pavilion looking to win for the first time since 1993. They got off to a pretty good start. Up by 11 with five minutes to go in the first half. And all of a sudden, the wheels fell off and St. John's would leave the Finneran Pavilion with another loss. Their 15th straight in that building. 78-63. to 63. There is not much to be happy about right now if you are a St. John's fan, because St. John's had the opportunity. Today was another opportunity, much like the Iowa State game, where they had the opportunity to make a statement and to prove to themselves, to their fans, to the nation, to the media, that their non-conference record was not all smoke and mirrors. And St. John's not only squandered the opportunity for that win, it was really the way that it all happened. Losing is not the end of the world. Losing this game is not the end of the world. But the opportunity cost that comes with losing this game and the way that you lost this game, that's my issue. That's what I'm pretty ticked off about. That's what I'm upset about. That's what a lot of St. John's fans are upset about right now. It's the way that you lost this game. That's what hurts. You're up 11 in the first half you're cruising you're playing really well you're hitting threes you're you're playing good defense you're turning over villanova a team that doesn't turn the ball over and all of a sudden with five minutes left to go villanova rattles off a 17 to 2 run to end the half and st john's goes from being up by 11 to down by four at halftime and the game was essentially over there was no halftime adjustment there was nothing that could be done in the second half because just a few short minutes into the second half the game was over there was no hope there was no fighting back there was no clawing or hoping to get it close because saint john's never got close because saint john's once they went down double digits they never looked back villanova was meticulous in the way that they created their offensive opportunities by going into the paint it's not like they were killing you from deep and saint john's simply didn't have a chance and that's what hurts you want a fighting chance like the iowa state loss You wanted a chance in the game and you never got it. It was never that close. In this game, what hurts so much is how well you played in the first 14 minutes. And then poof, it's all gone. I had a few keys to the game before the game started. I mentioned it a little bit on the last episode and I mentioned it again on the Red Storm Rapid Reaction podcast where we previewed Villanova last night. St. John's had to do a handful of things. One, they had to figure out how to turn Villanova over. A team that doesn't turn the ball over. Nine times a game is what they average. So St. John's had to find a way to turn them over and get into their offense. St. John's had to not bite on their pump fakes. That's something Villanova always does. 
and St. John's couldn't afford to bite on them, get into foul trouble, and then send them to the line. St. John's had to see how Joel Soriano was going to fare against Eric Dixon, somebody who was a crafty big man, somebody that knows how to use his body well, somebody that could hit threes and really hit shots. And St. John's was going to need their point guards to perform and possibly take a few chances, get some steals, and really orchestrate the offense and try to push tempo against a really slow Villanova team. Slow in the sense that they don't like to play fast. They like to wait until the last few seconds of every possession. And St. Charles was going to have to overcome being on the road and playing in a place where they're just not familiar with success. Like I said, they were looking for their first win since 1993 in the pavilion. The first possession for Nova turns into an out-of-bounds turnover. David Jones starts out really aggressive. He's going to the hole. He's going to the rim. He's getting fouled. You're really liking this. Andre Corbello hits a jumper, and St. John starts getting offensive rebounds, something that I highlighted that Villanova was not a good offensive rebounding team. They're not a good rebounding team to begin with, and St. John's was able to get the offensive rebounds. Soriano was cleaning up. Montez Mathis hit a three on a nice cross-court pass from David Jones. The ball movement was phenomenal early on. Montez hits another three. AJ Store comes off the bench. He's got eight points early on. He's got two threes, hits this jumper. My goodness, the four-star freshman is looking fantastic. St. John's is 50% from the floor. Nine minutes and 30 seconds into the game. Four of seven from three. It is all going right for St. John's. They are ahead by 11 points, and then all of a sudden, it's like their brains broke. The shot selection became mind-numbing. 35-foot threes, just really poor decisions. Layups that were being attempted in a circus-like manner, and Villanova made St. John's pay by scoring at will, and they go on a 17-2 run. Mike Anderson, where was the timeout to stop this? Why was nothing done to quell a 17-2 run? I, I, I just, I don't get it. It seems like such a basic thing to do. What's the reason not to call a timeout? Your team is taking bad shots after bad shots after bad shots. Your point guard, Posh Alexander, looks extremely frustrated on the court. His offense is non-existent. And yet, there's never a time to stop and regroup. You're just waiting for the under four timeout. I, I really don't get it. It's really, really frustrating. So St. John's goes from being up 11 with five minutes left in that second half to down four by the end of the half. Posh Alexander finishes the first half one of seven. Andre Corbello was one of five. And St. John's is down 35 to 31 at halftime. And me as a St. John's fan feels just completely, completely without hope. It's because of the way that it happened. It's not like it was back and forth and it was a 6-0 run here and then we get a basket and they go on like another 6-0 run. No, it was they cut you and it didn't stop. The bleeding didn't stop and it didn't stop after the whistle to start the second half. The game felt over by the first few minutes of the half. St. John's was demoralized. I don't know what else there is to say. It was demoralizing. This loss was an opportunity squandered. And listen, it's not the end-all, be-all. You're 1-1 one one in the Big East. You're 11-2. and two. 
There's plenty of more basketball left, but you have to make statements and you have to make your team believe. And listen, you're not going to hear this team quit. You're not going to hear anybody say that this is not any kind of a big deal. This is the fans that are talking. This is guys like me who are going to overanalyze these losses and overanalyze everybody's performance. But these are the moments that we have to look at. And this is what's being presented to us. It's being presented to the committees who will select tournament teams. This Villanova team didn't do anything all that special. They played seven guys. Seven. St. John's played eight. St. John's was so hot from three in the first half. They finish six of 25 for the game. 50% from the free throw line. That's never going to cut it. 36% from the field. That's not good enough. Bad shot after bad shot after bad shot for St. John's. Wild three-pointers, turnaround jumpers that were so unnecessary. It is not easy to be optimistic about the next few weeks with Xavier coming up, then Seton Hall to round out the year after a performance like this. Again, sky's not falling, but it's the way that things happened. I think there was a lot of mistakes here. I'm really puzzled by why Rafael Pinzon didn't play. Isaiah Naiwi didn't play again. That's two games in a row. Isaiah Naiwi hasn't played. Rafael Pinzon, who only played three minutes against Florida State, didn't come off the bench today. It is really hard not to be frustrated as a St. John's fan right now. And I don't fault anybody right now who is angry, ticked off, and honestly is questioning just how good this team is right now. The 11-1 record going into this game has been the topic of conversation. It is now 11-2, All fans and others have asked so far is for St. John's to prove themselves. Prove yourself worthy of attention. Prove yourself worthy of the hype. Prove yourself worthy of being a team to be taken seriously. Teams blow leads. Winning in the Finneran Pavilion is not easy. It's not that they lost the game. It is how they lost the game. It was poor IQ on the basketball court. It was poor coaching not to stop certain situations from happening. It is poor coaching from not letting the team regroup, not drawing up certain plays from happening. It was all around a snowfall of bad things spiraling onto one another, causing an avalanche to fall on your head. You drowned underneath bad basketball. Everything that St. John's needed to do well, they did for 14 minutes. Like Kevin Spacey and the usual suspects. And like that, he's gone. The lead, just like that, gone. Never to be seen again. Never to be sniffed even close. It's a frustrating loss. It's a frustrating loss to Villanova again. After the Big East tournament loss last March, you had a Villanova team that wasn't that great so far. Six and five. Took some tough losses, but at the end of the day, Villanova got the job done. Behind Eric Dixon's 18 points and 6 rebounds, behind Brandon Slater's 16 points, Caleb Daniels' 13 points, and Jordan Longino's 13 points, they took it to St. John's, and St. John's had absolutely no answer. And it was nobody's fault but their own. It is not about the loss. Losing is okay. It's how you lose. The way that they lost today will make everybody skeptical, will continue to have people doubt you, and again, you have an uphill climb to prove everybody wrong. It's as simple as that. The good for St. John's was twofold. Joel Soriano had a big second half. He finishes with 17 points, 13 rebounds, another double-double, leads the country, added in four blocks. 
This is Joel Soriano's 11th double-double of the year. He now matches the most double-doubles in a single season for a St. John's player since Mo Harkless had 11 in the 2011-2012 year. You can't fault Joel with how he played. Made all three of his free throws, had four offensive rebounds, a steal. The other really good was A.J. Store, the four-star freshman from IMG Academy. Had 15 points, went 6 of 9 from the floor, 3 of 5 from deep, had an 8 points in the first half, was the reason why St. John's got ahead to that really nice 29-18 to 18 lead. He was a perfect 3 for 3 shooting at that time, and then he checks out with 6.47 left, and all of a sudden, everything changed. Everything changed. That's when the run for Villanova happened. After the game, Mike Anderson was asked why he was pulled and why he was sat for such a long time. Coach Anderson said that he was tired. I find that a little hard to believe, but it is what it is. We'll believe the coach. Everything changed. Villanova went ahead by as many as 17 at one point, 62 to 45 in the second half. Right out the gate, St. John's just had no chance. This run, this 17 to 2 run punched them right in the face. But A.J. Store deserves a lot of credit here. He only played 10 minutes in the FSU game. I know, I'm sure that he has been frustrated with his lack of minutes. And he got his chance today and he played well and frankly deserved a lot more minutes. He deserves more time on the court. He deserves it. He's playing really well right now when he's given his minutes. And in a game that really mattered, he shined. He deserves more minutes. 18 is not enough for the kid. After the game, Mike Anderson cited some impatience within the team. He said the decision-making at times was not what it should be. We have to be better. Yeah. Yeah, you do. But as the head coach, that comes from you. You have to coach these guys and let them know what they can and can't do. You got to teach discipline. They got to be told that they can't take wild threes, that turnaround corner jumpers are stupid. So what went wrong? Obviously, the blown lead in the first half. Somebody want to tell me what's going on with Pasha Alexander because I really want to know. I, I really, I really don't know. I feel for the kid, but man, Pasha Alexander looks like he's pressing. He looks like he's in his own head. He is struggling mightily from the field. His jumper looks broken, and you can't really sit him because his defense is tremendous. He's still facilitating the ball, but man, where is the offense from Pasha Alexander? He has no confidence right now. You could see it in his face. You could see it in his body language. Pasha Alexander today made two little jumpers in the second half on a layup and such, but three of 12 from the field, 0 of 4 from deep. He missed both of his free throws. On one of the free throws, he got called for a lane violation when he left the line early to go for a rebound because he knew he was missing it basically the second that it went off of his hands. This isn't the Pasha Alexander. Alexander that we know. We kind of keep citing the Dominican Republic trip. Man, do you guys remember what Posh Alexander looked like in the Dominican Republic? All the threes that he was hitting? Where is that Posh Alexander? We certainly need him. I know he wants to come out. I know that's how he wants to play. But six points on three of 12 shooting, 0 of 4 from deep, four assists, two steals. It can be a tough grind out there. It can be tough mentally. And right now, it seems like Posh Alexander is going through it. And you really hope that he could find it. His backcourt mate, Andre Curbelo, not much better. Three of 11 from the floor. They both combined from six for 23 from the floor. They didn't hit a three. They shot it five times from deep. Seven rebounds together, five for Curbelo. Five assists for Curbelo, one steal. The good is that Posh and Carbello didn't turn the ball over much, only three between them. But man, six for 23 from the field. That's not going to get it done. Posh Alexander struggles right now. 
He's shooting 36% from the floor, just nine and a half points per game, 13% from three. He's only hit three three-pointers all year. When asked about his starting backcourt, Mike Anderson said the same thing he said about the decision-making. He said they have to be better. This was a frustrating, frustrating loss. The way that they lost, the fact that things never stopped, the, the avalanche I mentioned earlier never stopped cascading down. The coaches didn't step in to make it stop. The players didn't change the way that they were making decisions. Villanova made you pay because at the end of the day, Villanova played smarter. And I was really confident going into this game. I thought St. John's would win this game. On Pat's podcast, I said St. John's would win by six. I was confident. I thought stylistically we were much better. I thought that Villanova would not be able to handle our pace. I thought we were better inside. And for the first 14 minutes, I was looking good. But man, I didn't look good over the next 24 or so. And it's real humbling. Maybe I am a little too high on this team. Maybe I had a little bit too much confidence going into this game. If you're looking for more stark differences in the game, you can look to the free throw line. St. John's didn't attempt one in the first half, while Villanova attempted four. They made all four of them in the second half. St. John's went to the line six times. They missed three of them, only hitting 50%. Villanova went to the line 13 times. They made 12 of them, finishing 94% for the game. 16 free throws made 17 attempts ho-hum what else is new so st john's attempts six villanova 17 st john's didn't do a good enough job of being aggressive drawing fouls just another reason why st john's struggled to get the game close in the second half villanova shoots 46 percent st john's shot 37 percent St. John's won the second chance points, 11-2. to two. They won the fast break points, 17-8. But they lost the points from the bench, 21-17. to 17. They lost points off turnovers, 20-11. to 11. And they lost the battle in the paint, 40-34 to 34 in points. There's a lot for St. John's to learn from this game. And what awaits St. John's is a really good Xavier team. That's 10-3, 2-0 in the Big East. Sean Miller has that team humming. Most people have Xavier pegged as a tournament team, and they're coming to Carneseca Arena next Wednesday at 9 o'clock. St. John's will have a week off. St. John's will have a week off to figure out what went wrong and see if they can right the ship against a really good Musketeers team. St. John's is now 1-1 in the Big East. Can they bounce back? A little frustrating to keep asking that question, right? A little frustrating to keep asking how does St. John's respond off of a loss? What other questions are we going to ask? So yes, it may be repetitive and it may be frustrating to keep asking the questions of how St. John's will bounce back, but frankly, St. John's has had two really big tests this year. Their two biggest tests were Iowa State on the road and Villanova on the road. Two really hard places to win, granted, but St. John's did not really have a chance against Iowa State from the word go, and in the second half, St. John's never fought back against Villanova. So yeah, St. John's still has to prove themselves. It is a fact. Can they do it? That's the question. I'm pretty ticked off at this loss. I know the fan base is not having it. I know the fan base is irate today. Can't fault them at all. When you get outscored 60 to 34 over the final 26 minutes of the game, how can you not be angry? How can you not be pissed off? I thought Kevin Connolly said it really perfectly on Twitter when he tweeted that St. John's is looking for a 25-point shot. The shot selection has been atrocious in this second half. The shot selection was atrocious for the last four minutes of the first half and the entire 20 minutes of the second half. 
St. John's going to have to do a lot better than that. Losing sucks, but it's on to Xavier. Let's see how St. John's bounces back. A few days off to regroup, reset, get back in the gym, figure out a way to find another win. Hope to see you at Carnesecca Arena next Wednesday. I'll be there. Let's see if we're cheering on a win. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!